Hi, and welcome to another episode of GAMSAT to Med School by Grad Ready. My name is Felicity. And my name is Kaylee. I'm a relatively new presenter here on the Grad Ready podcast, and I am so excited to be presenting for you today. So the episode we've got for you today is about preparing for different types of interviews. So the two main types that we'll be covering today are the multiple mini interview, aka the MMI, and the other type is the panel interview, also known as the semi-structured interview. So they're quite different experiences, so depending on what you've got on, um, what you're going to be doing, it's important to prepare for, um, it's important to be preparing for both, and once you know which university you're going to, you can target your study accordingly. Yeah. But before we start the episode, we're just going to go through a few highlights and lowlights of the week um, of being a medical student so we can get you guys excited for what being a med student is really like. My, myself, I'm in my final year of medical school and I've just been deployed into the workforce as an assistant in medicine to help with staff shortages due to COVID-19. So I've started on ED and it's kind of been kind of life affirming, which is really nice. Like. Uh, that I'm in the right position and you know I've worked other jobs before like retail and you're really only there for the money but being in medicine and being able to talk to patients um, is super super satisfying and I'm really enjoying it. Lowlights of the week is that the hospital is a 40 minute drive away for me and I finish some shifts at midnight so I'm only getting home at 1am pretty much which is pretty awful but I think pretty much worth it. What about you, Kaylee? What have you been up to this week? So I'm quite lucky because here in Perth, no one's being deployed as of yet. Um, so I'm still just, you know, floating around the waters being a med student. Um, so I guess my highlight is actually getting a cannula in someone. And nice. Because um, <laughs> so basically a cannula for those un, uh, uninitiated, it's basically just putting a drip in someone. So it can be various levels of difficulty depending on who you're putting it in. Also, my training was sort of interrupted due to um, COVID. So we actually didn't get a formal class in cannulation. I learned how to cannulate by a very kind intern in second year yeah. who took us into an empty room and taught us how to stab each other. So that was my training. Anyway, I got the cannula in and I was very happy about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Low light of this week, we had amazing. one day where we had just lectures for the entire day and only like half an hour lunch break. Oh. So that wasn't particularly fun. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no, doesn't sound it. All right. Well, let's get into the episode. So the majority of interviews are especially the ones who, that are conducted remotely, are the multiple mini interviews or the MMIs. And I have personally never sat a panel interview, but I have conducted a few. And I've also sat three multiple mini interviews during my medical school interview training. Um, I found that the key differences were basically in the timing, the types of questions and the general vibes. Some people prefer the panel interviews because it allows them to form a relationship with the interviewers and showcase their personality. You have a bit more time to do so. And often the questions are a bit more geared towards who you are as a person, as opposed to what you've done. And, you know, they're less closed questions and more open questions. 
Other people, especially more nervous types like myself, enjoy MMIs because you always have a lot to say, a lot of questions to get through. You can focus on the task. And if it all goes wrong or you feel like that particular interviewer doesn't like you, you can just move on to the next station. So that's always a plus. Yeah. So what are the major differences, another major difference, I guess, between the MMI and the panel interview is the types of questions that you can be asked. But I think there's also a lot that the two types of interviews have in common. And one of those things is that you, no matter what type of interview you do, you're going to have to practice. It's really important to practice because um, it's a very different situation, I guess, being in an interview compared to talking to your friends. So you've got, um, so when you think about, you know, when you listen to people on TV or on movies and they sound so natural, well, it's because they practiced to be able to sound that natural. So it's important that you also practice as well, that you think about what you're going to say, you practice sounding natural, um, and you want to, um, I guess you want to minimize sounding um, too robotic in your answer. You also want to make sure you've sort of mm -hmm. come up with ideas of what you're going to say in different situations so that you're not stumped if they throw a question that seems to come out of nowhere. Um, and sort of just practice the interview format, like have you know, friends or family practice asking you questions and then you have to practice coming up with something on the spot it's it's a different it's a, it's a skill that um is important to learn and practice yes a hundred percent behind that point about making sure you have friends and family who are uh, practicing and quizzing you because um being an being asked a question in this sort of like artificial environment it's not really how co most conversations go and it can really throw some people off uh, I know that I used to get a lot of mind blanks under pressure and it's something you can practice yourself out of as well. Um, so yeah, uh, the other option if you don't have anybody that you're comfortable with asking you questions is to ask some random strangers online. There are heaps of forums as well online that you can join where people organize Skype interview practices um, if you have any friends in your degree currently who are also gunning for medicine, practicing with them. And you can also take part in our, in our grad ready, interview ready programs as well, where we have interviews for you. And we are the ones who are asking you the questions. It's really unlike anything else when you're being asked those questions by someone that you don't know and you're put on the spot like that. So firstly, we'll run through the different universities and the types of interviews that they run for each universities. Uh, so the ones that run a panel uh, are Flinders University, James Cook University, University of New South Wales and University of Wollongong. University of Adelaide has a mix of panel interviews and MMIs. The University of Sydney interviews when you're trying to get in from an undergraduate level is a group unstructured interview. And then every single other university uses MMI. So that's Australian National University, Bond, Charles Sturt, Curtin, Deakin, Griffith, Macquarie, Monash, Melbourne, Newcastle, New England, University of Queensland, and then University of Sydney for postgrad entry, Western Australia, Western Sydney, and University of Auckland. So it's pretty clear that the MMIs are the more prevalent type of interview. And especially now with 
online interviews becoming more and more prevalent they get you to um record yourself as well and they'll just like put a quick uh question on the screen and it reduces a lot of time for the university markers because they don't have to be you know two on one in there with a panel interview yeah so COVID has brought around a lot of changes in the way that interviews are run so it is important to read um when you get given an interview offer make sure to read it carefully make sure you understand what kind of interview you're going to do whether it's going to be like face to face or whether it's going to be on zoom like um, moving around different breakout rooms or whether it's going to be as Felicity was saying the type where you have to be recorded um, there's also some universities that have dropped their interview at some point during the um, COVID period so it's good to check on that as well so I'll get back to talking about MMIs since they're quite common um, so with MMIs you've got a bunch of different stations that you move between at each station um, there's generally a type of theme that the questions are around. So this station might be about ethics. This station might be about, I don't know, um, just general, what do you know about health, the healthcare system? This station might be on teamwork, etc., etc. And at each station, you'll be asked somewhere between two and five questions, depending on the university. And they'll ask you questions sort of related to that theme. Depending on the university, you get um, about a um, couple minutes before each station to read the what's called the trigger on the door. So that's um, like the theme of the station and maybe the first question as well. And then after that, you'll get five to ten minutes to actually go into the room and talk to the um, examiner. Now... Um, a panel interview or semi-structured interview, obviously you're not going between different rooms, you're stuck with the same panel the entire time. So you just get a straight 30 to 45 minutes generally for a panel interview. And they'll just ask you as many questions essentially as that they want to ask you. Um, there's no real, we don't really have any real guide to the number of questions that get asked. Um, just however many I suppose I can ask you in that length of time. Yeah, so and I guess it would also it would also kind of depend on like how long your answers were. I think they don't mm -hmm. have a set number of questions to get through either. Yeah. And the other thing as well with our MMIs and also with the um, interviews where you have to record your response, you're only given really a short amount of time. So you need to really make sure that your time management's up to scratch and that you know sort of... Mm how you can get your answer out in the one or two minutes, remembering that you will generally be asked multiple questions in each station. So we recommend that you practice by you know, getting some practice questions and practice answering them for say a minute at a time or two minutes at a time to make sure that you can answer a question sort of coherently in that length of time. Um, there aren't too many like past questions floating around online anymore because um, we all have to sign non-disclosure agreements. But um, on the Paging Doctor forum, I believe there's like some really, really old questions which um, aren't quite similar to, aren't exactly the same as what you'll get now, obviously, because some of them are from 10 years ago, but it will give you some kind of idea of the sorts of things that they can ask you about. Definitely. And we'll also go through the different types of questions that you might be asked in an MMI versus in a panel interview later in the podcast too.
Um, yeah. So with a panel interview, you often have more time to say what you want. And this should definitely be used to your advantage to go into more depth about, you know, examples to support your point when you're being asked about something. However, when you think, oh, I've got 30 to 45 minutes to answer this question, you can really fall into the trap of wasting this time on superfluous waffle. Uh, further, you can really let your personality shine through in a panel interview, as well as have time for anecdotes which illustrate your values and your morals. In addition, the panel interview style is typically what people are used to because they would have sat at a job interview before for a retail job, for example, and most job interviews are conducted in the panel format. People also tend to like the panel interview as it gives them more time to establish a relationship and build rapport with the interviewers. On the flip side, like I said, though, the MMIs have the uh, plus side of, you know, if you do poorly in a station and you say something and you freak out about what you've said, um, you can kind of just move on and um, go to the next station. It's a new fresh slate. So, it, it's really dependent on the type of person you are and what you feel works for you. But obviously what also you get in the actual thing. Yes, unfortunately. So now onto the questions you may be asked in an MI. Yeah, I was gonna say, unfortunately, um, you can't really pick and choose which kind of interview you want. <laughs> no. Getting an interview offer is a um, feat in itself. Really? So um yeah, yeah about that's the very true. Um so with an MMI, uh you generally have a mix of the general interviewee type questions or things that are like, you know, show me a tie, tell me about a time when you showed leadership, or tell me why you want to do medicine. Um, and then you might also get some of those ethical scenarios. So you only have one liver and these there's these two people who want a liver transplant, who are you gonna give it to? And then you might have some more practical stations, which can vary quite a lot between different universities. So you know, one type might be to translate something more academic into layperson terms. So you might be asked or describe a cell in layperson terms. And then you have to For my, basically... Yeah, yeah you basically yeah, have in to... My experience, yeah. In my experience, translating those things is pretty easy when you come from like a science background um, and can be a bit challenging when you come from a non-science background, but they try and make it as um, as friendly as possible and usually give you the everything that's needed. You just need to brush up a little bit on a bit of scientific um, terminology. On the other hand, sometimes it can be easier if you have a non-science background and are surrounded by non-science people because... Like sometimes as a medical student, I forget, like I'm spending time with medical students and doctors and so forth on my placement, I forget how much the like average person doesn't know or doesn't remember about human biology. So mm. if you're not a sciencey person um, or you're a science person, but you're surrounded by non-science people, like uh, don't stress too much. You might actually have yeah. like, something that you can work to your advantage mm -hmm. well other practical skills you might be tested on again varies from uni to uni it could be you might be in a pair and you have to like direct the other person to find their way through a maze or something or you might be 
uh, in a station with an actor and the actor's supposed to be acting as an angry patient or something and then you have to respond to that. So there's a whole range of different things I can ask you. It varies from uni to uni. Um, hopefully they will tell you a little bit in your interview, le um, interview letter so that you can um, prepare accordingly. Um, so the good thing about this format is that it allows the MMI interviewers to assess you on a range of different skills and a range of different competen competencies. Um, so um, it sort of allows them to see a few more aspects of you, I suppose, than a traditional panel interview might. So in contrast, panel interviews are more focused on asking those personal questions and interpersonal relationships to get to know you. I guess the idea behind this is that they want medical students and like future doctors to obviously be good people. Doing med school and being a doctor is a really difficult um, it's a really difficult career and it's a really difficult degree as well. And so they want to make sure that you feel well supported and you are confident in your own, um, you know, determination and state of mind to be able to complete this degree and that they will be able to support you as well through it in the different ways. And so they'll often ask you about your personal relationships. I've heard about, you know, questions about pets or grandparents or um, family members and what supports you might have in the area that you might be moving to. And um, that way they really get to figure out who you are as a person and then you'll get the other more formal interview style questions about academics, communication styles, teamworks, difficult scenarios that you've been in um, and you know um, the they might even give you the translating academic text into layperson terms but it would just be with the same two, um, two or three people on the pan panel. So, yeah. So, but on the whole, though, um, panel interviews and MMIs are both trying to test more or less the same things. So, the questions for the most part are pretty similar. It's just sort of how they assess them is a little bit different. Like, they don't obviously don't have the um, scope to do actors and mm -hmm. um, all kinds of different crazy things mm -hmm. for the panel interview. Yeah. Um, and then how you answer them can be a bit different as well. So in the panel interview, obviously, you have a, a lot more time. You can go into more depth. They can ask you follow-up questions, which can be good if they're interested in what you're saying and they want to find out more about what you're saying. Or it can also be quite stressful if they start asking you questions and you're not really sure how to answer them. So um, we're going to start talking now a little bit about the actual preparation. And um, I think, Felicity, did you want to start talking about this one? Yeah, sure. No worries. So basically for MMIs, um, we'll start talking about MMIs first. The best thing to do is to 
actually have somebody ask you the question like we said before when you're first starting out that can be pretty intimidating though so I would say give yourself a timer of about one minute per question get a question up on your page you can write your own question and you'll always know there is the why medicine question that's not a secret across all universities so start off with something simple like why medicine um, and give yourself one or two minutes to answer that question make sure that you answer the question directly, justify your answer, and you have an example all within that time frame. So it's really important you have that structure so you make sure you cover all the points within the given time frame. Um, and it's also a good habit um, when you finish your concise answer to ask the interviewer if they'd like to, you to elaborate more on what you've been saying or if they have any follow-up questions because if you waffle on too much, you may miss half the station if there were follow-ups. Um, so why medicine? I want to do medicine because, and then you can launch into a little bit of a life story if that's why, or you can give three discrete points as to why, and then say, give a personal example so you, they get to know your personality a little bit more. And then um, I always like to acknowledge, you know, I know there are challenges within medicine at, such as X, Y, and Z, but I feel equipped to. Um, to answer and prepare for these challenges by my strong support networks, by my involvement in footy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I would say for MMIs as well, um, you then would move on from practicing yourself to practicing with a person and making sure that they cut you off at that particular time. If you're particularly a person who says um a lot or like a lot, that other person can interrupt you every time you say um or like and they can try and eliminate that from your vocabulary. It is very possible and I've done it with many of my students, so that's really good. In contrast, for a panel interview, what you should do is you should start by writing an answer at your leisure. So Think about certain questions they might ask you, for example, why medicine again, and write an answer at your ledger and see how long it takes you to say that whole answer. Um, you can repeat it to one of your friends or family and ask them how it sounds, because some things that you say in your own head sound really good, but then when they come out or when somebody else hears it, they're like, well, I kind of think that that doesn't sound too great and you might sound a bit selfish by saying like you know I want to do medicine because it's a well-paying job or something like that and see if you can phrase it in a different way. Um, you can also sit down with a group of students who have interviews and practice having them ask you that question um, and you'll need at least two people if not more to get used to that kind of pressure of performing in front of two other people and really familiarizing yourself with it making sure that you're familiar with the environment that you're about to enter into is so important because um, performance, you know, when you're sitting an exam, for example, it's best to replicate the, the conditions that you've been studying under for the best performance in that particular exam. So they have things like, you know, making sure you're wearing the same clothes or wearing clothes that make you feel good, wearing a perfume that makes you feel good, etc., to make you feel great on that particular day. It's also good to think about experiences or traits for yourself that are non-negotiable that you want to interview in your 
want to mention your interview at some point, try to fit them in within stories about leadership, working in a team, why you want to study medicine. And if you can't work them into the interview questions when asked, um, when asked if there's anything you want to add at the end of your interview, add it in. You can just be like, oh, like, I really wanted to tell you about this volunteering work that I've done and I'm really passionate about um, and something that I see as a great support for me throughout my medical um my future medical degree or something that I want to continue doing or something that has been inspiring yeah yeah so um so you might have gathered there is while there are some differences in how you prepare for MMI versus panel there's also quite a bit of overlap so for both types of interviews make sure you're preparing for a wide variety of questions um, and make sure you've got some kind of structure and some kind of framework as well for approaching um, questions that might be a little um, left field, like ones you didn't quite expect. Um, depending on whether you're going for an MMI or a panel interview, you might want to focus on uh, practicing conciseness or practicing fleshing things out while also not boring the examiners. Um, so obviously practice, practice, practice is very important. Um, but at the same time, when you practice, make sure you're not just reciting things and sounding very robotic. Um, practice sounding natural, practice sort of coming up with things on the spot and telling your stories in different ways and in ways that address different aspects of yourself. Um, you also, you'll get better at coming up with examples and stories when you've done it a lot of times. And as like Felicity was saying, make sure you've got um, some people to practice with, especially later in your practice, do it in front of family, friends, co-workers, anyone really, as long as they're going to actually give you honest feedback and they're not going to be like, yes, you're great, no matter what you say. Um, so, yep, some feedback's important. And, um, yeah, so the other thing about answering, um, Another thing about answering the questions, again, making sure you've built up your stories and example banks so that you've got something to draw on for lots of different um, questions that they could ask you. Um, so you wanted to talk about personal experiences and things a bit more, didn't you, Felicity? Yeah, I'd love to. So as I said before, I've actually set three, um, three MMIs prior to, uh, prior to actually getting into medical school. Um, my first one was an absolute disaster. I didn't practice at all for it, or I just felt very ill-prepared for it. I kind of knew the sort of questions they would ask me, but I had only really prepared for the Y Medicine Station because that was the only one I was sure about. And so I went in there. I think I smashed the Y Medicine question, um, and then there were six other stations to do that I didn't quite smash. So that was, um, I guess, like a bit, it threw me for a loop, definitely. And it made me think like, you know, I'm not very good at this. Or it's really hard when you go into a room and they ask you a question and you just completely blank or you think you've said the wrong thing and their facial expressions are telling you you've said the wrong thing. Um, and then you have to move on to the next one and just try and repick yourself up again. Um, 
so that particular interview didn't go very well for me and I wasn't surprised when I didn't receive an offer from that university. However, the second, the following two MMIs that I did went so much better. I was so much more confident and it was because I had done that first interview to start off with. Um, And obviously not everybody gets offered three interviews like I did and doesn't have the luxury to have one and do not so well in that one and, um, and feel that pressure and kind of learn from it. So it's really good to basically um, get some practice in doing it in the same sort of situation that you would get it in the actual thing before you do your actual interview. Um, I run a lot of the interview ready or I'm part of the interview ready part of grad ready and um I wish I had had that sort of training before I had sat my first interview because I think with it I would have definitely been able to feel more ready and um would have smashed a lot more of those stations I think you know the thing about doing these interviews without markers and without people to tell you or doing these interviews at the universities is that they don't really give you feedback afterwards as well they just don't have the time to they're interviewing so many students and so that's what's also really good about interview ready is that we do the interview and then we have the um the feedback sessions afterwards which are really really invaluable um my favorite station would have to be the acting stations because I feel like um I feel like if as long as you're a good person and you actually pretend you're in that situation you can feel really comfortable and confident in um, how you'd interact with that person maybe like get yourself out of your skin a little bit and um, I come from like a background of like theatre sports and drama so that really worked to my advantage with the acting interviews. Sometimes it's just comforting somebody or talking to somebody um, and it's much more natural as opposed to doing a question and answer style um, thing because you can ask them questions yourself and you're not the one who's on the end of the answering machine um yeah and I think um my least favorite interview style question that they might ask you is when they ask you to describe something um because I feel like there's not many questions in that particular station and having to describe something can be a bit difficult when you're not um you only get to watch something once or you only get to see it once and you can't quite recall it and you're trying to not make moral judgments on it and you're also trying to be as like friendly and kind as possible when it's an objectively objective thing so yeah what about you Kaylee what's your experience with the interviews um, so I'm quite fortunate in that I only did one interview. So I interviewed at UWA and UWA only interviews 50% more people than they accept. So if you get an interview, you pretty much have like a two thirds chance of getting in, um, mm-hmm. which is a better ratio than I think a lot of the other unis. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was all right. I found the... um 
obviously I can't go into too much detail because of the non-disclosure agreement, but the um the staff were quite nice. I was quite I was anxious beforehand and the admissions lady gave me a hug. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. Yeah. yeah. Um, I know this sounds really corny, but I felt like I was fighting like the Elite Four in Pokemon. Cause like you know how <laughs> I don't know if you've ever played Pokemon, but you know how you, like, assuming you've never read a walkthrough or anything beforehand, like, you go into the room and um, you you might have a vague idea of what type trainer that member of the Elite Four is, because I'll do the deck of the room, but you don't know what Pokemon they're going to send out until you actually fight them. <laughs> it's kind of like that, because it's like, you know what cup flavour you can, you're going to get from the trigger on the door, but you don't know exactly what you're going to get until you go in and mm. the examiner asks you questions, so it's kind of... Fun yeah. to see what would happen at the next station, I guess. Maybe I'm weird. Yeah. No, no, no. That's the other thing about interviews. I find that the more that you do and the more that you practice, the more fun it actually becomes. And maybe we're all weird as medical students. Like, for example, I really enjoyed sitting the UMAT by the end of it because I had gotten so, such good practice at it that I was like, I wonder what interesting questions they're going to throw at me next that I can solve. But... um. It's the same with interviews. The more you practice, the more comfortable you get and you know you, you're ready when you're like looking forward to interacting with some people. You're looking forward to showcasing the best of yourself. Um, and you know what the best thing is about interviews is that if you go in fully prepared, you do your absolute best and you showcase the best of yourself and they still don't choose you, then you know that maybe that wasn't the university for you as well, you know? maybe you would have had a you're going to have a different experience somewhere else and that was kind of the rationale I had when I got rejected from my first interview as well like you know it's a two-way street and um, of course you want to get into medicine at all costs but at the same time um, you if you do everything you can then and it because it's so personal and because it's you then maybe you're also like maybe this wasn't the right uni for me um, and you should try somewhere else and try an undergraduate course or do, try a postgraduate course. It's totally up to you. Yeah, one of my classmates, he's actually in his forties. He didn't get into uni, he didn't get into medicine when he graduated high school. He only just missed the mark. And at that time, there was only high school entry, or there was like a very limited number of places for like after your first year of undergrad. And he chose difficult subjects in first year undergrad, so. He didn't mm. get one of those places either. So he sort of gave yeah. up on it, got a PhD in chemistry, worked as a chemistry teacher for like over a decade or something. And he was starting to get tired of his job. And then his wife said, hey, you said that you wanted to be a doctor, right? When you were younger. Why don't you give it a shot? So he um, That's amazing. and got in. That's so inspiring. He yeah. must be a total gun at like the pharmacology and chemistry side of medicine. I think he did a different type of chemistry, so it was quite a steep learning curve uh, okay. for him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, well, that concludes our um, podcast on interviews. Um, make sure to check out the Grad Ready website and see what we have to offer with regards to interview training. I really recommend it. Um, and keep tuned for future episodes. Thanks so much for listening, guys. Thank you.